Oh, it's your favorite time of the week. All your work is done, and it's time to relax. So come, grab some friends, and let's get lit and join the rotation. You are now in the rotation with Suncoast Normal. We are your host, your Suncoast Normal Executive Board, and we say it's time to legalize it. Well, then, in the immortal words of uh, Morris Day, what time is it? It's time to rip off the mask, get to the task, and jump into the rotation. Welcome. It is Sunday. I am your political director of Suncoast Normal, Gary Stein, with my co-host, Carlos, the whitest guy in Cuba, otherwise known as Carl Angel Joe Ermita. I've never been to Cuba. <laughs> I am, I've been to Miami. Well, That's pretty close. You know, I've actually been working on bills that have to do with minorities, and I'm questioning, can we consider Cubans minorities in Florida? No. Um, <laughs> maybe Cubans, Venezuelans, you can't. You can't. Because I think they dominate the maybe Puerto Ricans as well. I don't know. I'm no expert in Hispanic people in Florida. I'm just one of them. I'm a white guy in Florida, to be honest with you. And you'll yeah. always be Afro-Cuban in my heart. I, I don't know how Afro I am. I'm. Uh, <laughs> I, Call yourself Caribbean <laughs> at least. Caribbean. My my ancestors belong to the Spaniards that colonized the area. Yeah, and in Tampa, a lot of folks uh, who are Cuban call themselves Spanish. Yeah, so it's kind of nice. It's I, not, not even Latino. I forgot to rename the episode. So this episode's name no THC, no ten percent THC caps again. <laughs> oh really? So that might be appropriate because, like, I'm sure you want to talk about how, like, all that stuff you. Yeah. I want to talk about it, and I don't. You don't want to talk about it. I do, but I don't. And, and this, this is what I'm trying to say. Uh, it's, it, it's a marketing thing. Uh, in regards to our legislature, they know that as soon as they take a hint out there that we're, they were going to put a THC cap in, every single advocate of cannabis is going to flock towards trying to block that THC cap. And to be honest with you, it's practically impossible for the, uh, for the MMTCs to even cultivate a strain that is consistently less than 10% THC. Because here in sunny Florida, where we have some heat, you're always going to have a little bit higher THC. I mean, they're having almost an impossible time trying to control the THC level in hemp at, at 0.03. As opposed, so that's why we want to get it set, put up to one because it's so hard to keep it at 0 0.03, which is so practically, uh, you know, the, uh, the uh, error. Okay. All right. So it's practically impossible to cultivate a strain like that. Okay. We, we, yes. We've gone. We've Not gone, impossible, but practically. Practically impossible. But we've gone through that. But what is the possibility of our legislator actually passing the 10% cap? Because, like, you know, this is a pretty big gamble, Gary. Like, I don't want to, like... You know, that this is very important that we have, you know, we didn't always have smoking. It's very important that the, the, the flower that we have available is good to us. And granted, you know, we can get into the high prices and the veterans and the no reciprocity and the, the employee protections and all that stuff. But and that's that stuff's important, too. But none of it would be worth anything if we can't get good bud to be honest with you. So like my, my thing is, is like, what is the possibility of that 10% thing passing? Right. Because if everything else goes through, then we're screwed. Well, that's just it. Is anything going to go through in regards to, to the cannabis rules and regulations this year? Mm -hmm. I mean, we have a good chance of getting some good things passed to move the, the, uh, the program forward to take care of things like employee protection, patient protection, uh, tourist reciprocity, that kind of thing. But if we concentrate all of our efforts on trying to stop a cap, which may or may not even happen. Last year, they started out by hinting at it the entire uh, session. And towards the end, they threw it out into, into an unrelated bill that basically only capped it for, for people between the ages of 18 and 21. Again, because they had the uh, the great uh, <clears throat> intelligence of um, Dr. Bertha Madras, or as we call her, Bertha uh, Reefer Madras. 
because uh, she's the one who always comes up and talks to the uh, legislators about the fact that, oh, cannabis is going to cause a massive amount of uh, psychosis in so many children, and they're all going to be walking around as, as robots, and they're all going to be end up in, in severe trouble. And the fact is, in almost every single state that has legalized cannabis, actually the amount of uh, cannabis that's smoked in, in teenagers actually goes down. Mm-hmm. Because number one, it's not as sexy anymore when it's when it's legal for one thing, mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> they they don't they just tend to lose interest. But we have not really seen any rise in psychosis. They keep on using these reports that came out of Europe to talk about who has psychosis and who, who doesn't. And we had uh, Greg Gerdman on some weeks ago, who mentioned the fact that some people are genetically predisposed to psychosis, but not everybody is. So some can and some will not, but you cannot automatically cause it, say that cannabis is the causative factor of psychosis. So usually the things that she says don't really make much sense. In fact, if you take a look at the uh, 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 presentation she did last week, she even quoted a 1895 study done in an asylum in Benga- the Bengal region of India, uh, where she talked about the fact that they took all these people who were in there for uh, – for psychosis and they said well at least 40 percent of them were using cannabis and only 10 percent were using alcohol and so therefore it's very possible that they were there because of the fact that cannabis caused their psychosis well of course scientifically that's total bullshit that doesn't make any sense whatsoever plus if you know anything about history and anything about foreign history as well because oftentimes we don't teach history beyond the united states here in this country but in the Bengal region of India in 1895, you had a lot of people of the Islamic faith mm-hmm. who lived there, and they don't drink alcohol religiously. So mm-hmm. naturally, there would be less people using cannabis, and there would be less people using alcohol than cannabis. Hey, Robert, this is me. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so her presentation had so many flaws in it. It was the Swiss cheese of presentations. It was the uh, the. the Bay's English muffin, we all those nooks and crannies of, of, of total improbability, was, we're all right there. So, I mean, there, uh, Florida for Care has a petition out there. If you want to go over there to their site and sign it, they're going to take that petition. They're going to spread it out around and try to stop that THC cap. By all means, if you want to go ahead and, and help those people out to go ahead and put their, their message out, I, I would not say no, don't do that. Uh, but my personal feeling is that I have a lot of bills that we would like to see move forward. And we would use the help of the people, uh, people who are listening right now to move those things forward. We only have a week or two before session starts and before the, uh, the deadline comes to stop being able to file bills. And we have at least four bills right now that need sponsorships. And we would like to have our readers here and our listeners here uh, go ahead and contact their legislators and tell them to go ahead and consider sponsoring these bills so they can move forward. And I okay, so I see DJ's waiting to get on, but before we I, I bring him on, I want to make sure that we, we finish this thought. What is the chance of that ten percent thing passing though? What is the chance? Well, like, here's the deal. Can you give me like a percentage that it would pass? Like fifty percent chance we got you know flip of the coin or you know like it, it, it's scary to me. It's scary to me to think that we already have such a restrictive system, and then the ten percent thing goes through. It's scary. Mm -hmm. Well, if I had to come up with a number, I would have to pull it out of my nether regions. Uh Uh, And my nether regions don't have a brain. So therefore, you know what I'm talking about there. (laughs) Uh, Because we don't we don't even have a bill right now to be able to look at and decide whether or not it's going to go through or not. I mean, you you really have to look at a bill on its merits. But the problem is nothing has been filed. So so what you're really saying is not necessarily that we shouldn't be concerned with it. We're just saying we don't have enough info to be concerned with. Exactly. And, And if anybody puts all their efforts into this is wasting their time because we have so many other things we have to do. I now, see. last year they actually knocked it down from being a total block on all flour to just the, the flour that sold to, to people between the ages of 18 and 21. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's, it's, a, it's a very a minor slice of the entire pie because actually the, the average age of a patient here in the state of Florida is 54, closer to my age than yours. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, just, you're just a youngin'. I'm, I'm getting up there. I'm sorry. You're, you're definitely older than me, though. 
No, we are by a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I I am the official OG of the of the uh, show. What does OG stand for? Uh, uh, Old guard, right? (laughs) Old old guy. (laughs) Old guy. Hey, so all right, so old and gray. We (laughs) old Gary. Um, (laughs) Old Garberry. Old Garberry. That's why for being late this morning, I'm going to call you Garberry for this. There you go. Well, okay, Garberry. So we have. uh, I get around the expressway. I have to slow down for it. We have a special treat for everybody. We have a new board member. That's in right. our in our midst, uh, he's a podcaster as well. Um, I, I, you want to go ahead and uh, bring DJ on there? You want to say, yeah, we, we we have a brand new director of communications, yes, and sir. we have <clears throat> this guy who has who has volunteered his time and his treasure, maybe, <laughs> but definitely his talent to go ahead and move us forward. Uh, we'd like to recommend to welcome Devlon. Call me DJ. <laughs> OG, what's going on? What's up, DJ? Carlos, how y'all doing today? Thank y'all for having me. Appreciate y'all letting me uh, join the show and uh, happy to be your new director of communications for Suncoast Normal. Give us us the the, uh, thumbnail of what DJ is and what what he's going to bring to us. Uh, DJ is a uh, just a really passionate person about cannabis, man. Like, um, I'll be bringing a lot of experience. I've been in, in the business marketing and communications world for about the last 10 years, um, working with a number of different Fortune 500 companies and uh, now have began to move uh, into the cannabis space um, and, and communications and marketing for the cannabis space. Um, so I'll be bringing all of that experience, expertise, uh, ideas, Probably uh, might get annoying as many ideas as I pop off. I know I was texting Carlos at like 8.30 last night, paragraphs of ideas and stuff. Uh, so, and, and also energy. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be here, man. I appreciate y'all uh, for sharing your platform with me. Okay, so the first question that I have to ask you coming on to this podcast, right? There's no right answer, so don't worry about it. Just relax. What, um, what, and bear in mind, this is what we're going to use to describe Gary. All right. <laughs> what does OG mean? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, the original Gary. The original Gary. Gary. The original Gary. <laughs> I heard you say old guy. I'm not going to do that to him. If he wants to be old guy, then he could be old guy. Uh, somebody said old gangster. That's pretty. I, I like that. That's kind of funny. I like that. I like old gangster. Uh, but yeah, Gary the OG. Well, old, old guard <laughs> would, would be the original actual pronounce, uh, uh, definition, but uh, and that gives me a certain amount of uh, gravitas. I think. I don't know what you're talking about. You're using big words. <laughs> okay, gravitas so, or guard. So, <laughs> all right, let's talk about pot. Like we get in trouble for not talking about pot. <laughs> so, so DJ, to fill you in, we're talking. You know, and you've been. You know, you're new to the board, but you've been to a few board board meetings already. You've uh, you're filled in on what Gary does, what myself does, um, and Gary's filled you in on all these uh, pieces of legislation that are coming through. There's a lot of things happening right now in Florida, as far as uh, you know, making the medical marijuana system a little bit more free and a little bit more open and a little bit better better of a system right right? but there's also some legislators that are at least threatening at this point not really doing anything but threatening to put a 10 percent cap on thc so gary's idea as our political director right is that we and you know quite honestly i think he actually kind of just convinced me but he's he's his idea is that we need to focus on other things other than this ten percent cap because it's a distraction. They don't want this other stuff to go through, right? What do you think about it? Are you scared of having a ten percent cap? Are you a, a medical patient in Florida yet, or? So I'm not a medical patient in no? Florida yet, okay, um, for a number of different reasons. Uh, but what I will say about the 10 percent cap, I agree. Uh, I think in 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 politics, you know, there's a lot of uh, like smoke and mirrors. Uh, so like people will say, hey, look at this over here while we work on this over here. So I, I think Gary has a huge point on, you know, making sure that we pay attention to everything going on. But a 10 percent cap. Uh, Carlos, can I cuss? 
Yeah, you can just say whatever the fuck you want. Oh, okay, a ten percent. There's no FCC cap. rules here. Yeah, I'm just making sure radio and get in trouble. No rules. You know what I'm saying? I don't. You know, I probably won't take it further than ass. Ten percent cap shit. Can I say that? Cap the shit. Yeah, like no, I don't agree with that at all. So we definitely we got to make sure that there's there's not that ten percent cap because that's ridiculous. Like medical marijuana is what like minimum fifteen percent. Like how how are we gonna have a ten percent cap if we already have medical marijuana fifteen percent? Like that's ridiculous. But Gary, being the OG that he is, I know he has a valid point about the smoking mirrors and making sure you pay attention to everything that's going on. So. Totally valid point, Gary. Like I'm, I'm with you 100. But we can't have a 10 percent cap. That's just ridiculous. Like no. Well, in, in, a, in a somewhat humorous moment, moment uh, uh, last year, year and a half ago, I asked uh, Ray Rod, uh, who is now Senator uh, Ray Rodriguez, uh, what he was going to call his bill with, with the cap on it. I, I was asking, are you going to call it the uh, "Let's Bring Back Brickweed Act" hmm. <laughs> or something yeah, along those lines? Mids. That's mids. That's yeah. mids. There you go. That, that's like very, favorite. very much so like dirt weed. Like, I don't want that shitty weed. Like, <laughs> I don't want that. What is that going to do for me? Like, what is that going to do for you? For the people watching? Nobody wants that crap, man. And I, I now to that point, I firmly believe that like percentage THC percentage isn't everything. Like you need to look at the terpene profile and what other cannabinoids are are in whatever strain of flower you're looking at. But 10% is like, we can't get anything with 10%. Like, what are we, <laughs> what are we, what is this, oregano? Like, no, I don't want this. Well, the thing that scares me the most about a 10%, uh, about this whole 10% thing is how sneaky we are. Um, and I, I've literally like, I've a day's notice gone up to Tallahassee to go. I, I actually kind of missed the meeting because I didn't, I didn't drive as fast or whatever, <laughs> but, uh, no, like I, at the drop of a hat, I, I went up to Tallahassee to go try to speak at some meeting because they were trying, trying to sneak this 10% THC cap in some bill. And that's scary as shit, man. Like the the idea that like today right there's nobody even talking about it but tomorrow they're passing this 10 percent cap what would they would they try to put it in last year gary they like some health yeah they, they put it in general in health thing. general health bill yeah yeah now I, I should say that uh our good friend of the uh movement uh, senator jeffrey brandis from clearwater did tweet the other day uh when in discussing a statement that the, the president of the Senate, uh, Wilton Simpson, had said where there are many people who are willing to go ahead and take a look at this seriously. He, he said, not me. So we have a lot of people who are in the Senate who do not believe that this is a good thing. Mm. And so there, it's, it's not going to be a 100 percent vote. So we kind of have precedence now say, showing that like this 10% cap could be a deal breaker for certain things like this health bill didn't pass or they they did an emergency like, you know, re revision to get this 10% out. Right. Like, I, I mean, the 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 10% thing didn't go through last year and it it didn't even pass that bill. Right. Like they, they decided not to, to table that. Right. What's going on, Gary? Come on, talk. Well, again, when they started working on bills to try to alleviate the, the opioid epidemic, not one single bill said we will only sell opioids that are no more than five milligrams. Uh -huh. Not one of them no, said that's that. That's true. Now, not a woman said we're going to change the product and make it weaker and, and, and more expensive because you have to buy a lot more of it uh, than your pre prescription will allow to go ahead and use it. They didn't even consider that possibility. So why are they considering it with this? I mean, the fact is. When it comes to a, a, an adult use situation, again, the THC is not as important because you can smoke as much or as little as you want and, and get whatever you want out of it. But if you're talking about using it as a medical situation, if you're trying to take care of your Crohn's disease or your P, uh, PTSD or any of the other things that we know that cannabis works for, the amount of THC that is involved in the flower, as well as the amount of CBD, as well as all the terpenes, is important. Mm -hmm. And if you go ahead and make your product subpotent people are going to have to buy more and it's essentially a tax on the product in order to maintain your medicine they didn't do it to opioids why would they do it to here mm. Honestly, like, what like even even if i'm not smoking it medically right like if we're if we're talking like adult use right 
and and I want to smoke just because I feel like smoking. Maybe my health uh, concern is not on the list of the qualified health concerns for the state, right? Why why should I have to smoke so much or use so much cannabis just to get the effect? Like I, I understand like you can use as much as you want to get what you're looking to get. But I'm not trying to I'm not trying to like sit here and, and, and smoke all day long. Like I have stuff to do. Like I need to be able to take a couple hits and go about my day. Like <laughs> continue doing whatever it is that I'm doing. Like I I I, I definitely Go ahead, Carlos. Uh, pro probably the dumbest thing about this whole thing is that it still doesn't mess with concentrates. It still doesn't mess with edibles. It would it would essentially like all smoking is already the lowest amount of THC percentage that you can consume, right? So like it kind of just like 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 it really doesn't do anything. You still like there there's better ways to get stoned at a marijuana dispensary than smoking the the, the reefer. Exactly. And I and I feel like honestly if if the 10% caps are in place, it's just going to lead more people to go to the legacy markets of cannabis and not go to the dispensary. I know a lot of people for their jobs or for whatever reason don't want to be a part of the state's registry and have their name um, as, a, as a medical marijuana patient, those those people and other people who maybe they like to, you know, maybe they just like the act of smoking or, or maybe they like to do a mix of edibles and concentrates and smoking. They're just going to go to the legacy market. They're just going to go back to the to the streets and get their their weed from their normal plug instead of going to the dispensary. If we have all these caps in place, people are not going to want to go to the dispensary to spend all the money that they charge you at the dispensary. Like, well, I, I like that 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 spin calling it the legacy market as opposed to the black market. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, I don't I don't like calling it the black market. We call it the legacy market one because it was here before all of the legalization. So it, it truly is the legacy market. Like I, I, I try to stay away from terms like the black market. It has connotations that I just don't agree with. Um, I'm black. If if anybody couldn't tell, if you're listening in, you can't see. Uh, so yeah, I, yeah, anybody I, next to Carlos looks black, so that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, legacy market. That's that's what we. That's how we identify it. But I think that to that point, like it will. One, the legacy market is still very active, and I think it if things like this ten percent cap actually go through, whether it be through another bill, uh, whether it get passed through some other health bill the legacy market is going to still continue to thrive because people are not going to want to deal with what the hell the dispensaries have. They're not going to want to pay the dispensary prices. They're not going to want to have the shitty weed. They're not going to want to have all these caps. They're going to go to their normal plug and be like, Hey, I want something else. Yes. You might still go and get your edibles or your concentrates, but if you want flour, I like, I wouldn't go to the dispensary card or not. Like that's just me though. Maybe a lot of people are already doing that. A lot of people are already going to the legacy market. I, I need to get out of the habit of saying black market. Apparently, well, there's also um, we could call it the illicit market. But that's, that's another option. I, I like legacy market. I think that like you know, it deserves a little bit of respect because like a lot of people, you know, uh, you know, we're paying their paying their bills for a while, doing doing the right thing. Uh, distributing cannabis, you know, and yeah, I mean, other drugs. I mean, the um, legacy market, I, I definitely started calling that after I educated myself more about like the history of cannabis in the country and, and you know, the prohibition and, and all of that good stuff. And so that that's how I kind of came and speaking with some of my some of my other elders in the game. Uh, just yeah, legacy market. Well, it, it's it's yeah. always been hard for me to call a guy that sells weed a drug dealer because there's like a significant difference with messing with like a real drug dealer and like some dude in his dorm room selling, you know, some weed just to like be able to smoke for free. Yeah. Yeah. No, like they're very, very, very different things. Like, yeah. Like yeah. you're, 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 you're fearful. You're scared when you're messing with an actual drug dealer. <laughs> no, no, we, we, we used to talk to my guy. My my guy, my guy. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta call my guy. Oh, yeah. My guy. <laughs> <laughs>
But um, Jason Bond in the chat said, can you imagine $55 for an eighth of garbage? And Jason, I would just like to tell you no, because I, I would not pay $55 for an eighth of garbage. Like, hell no. Man. Not to say that that's not happening now. In, in some instances, I'm not going to pinpoint any MMTC, of course. Shit, early 2000s, I spent that amount of money on an eighth of garbage, I believe. Now, again, if they're talking I about their, their, their concerns about high THC and they want to change the amount in the flour, and it does move people to go towards more concentrates. Yeah. Uh, you're talking about people who may actually be using a product which is 95% THC, no CBD, no, no terpenes. And is that healthy at that point in time? Because you don't, it's, it's again, I always tell people that uh, having a product which is not an entourage product is like having a car with an engine but no steering wheel. Mm-hmm. So you really don't know where the heck it's going to go. And we even saw that when people were using Marinol, which is a synthetic THC product, people had a lot more paranoia issues. And that is what THC does when it's all by itself and not mitigated by CBD and the other, ter- the other terpenes. Nothing, nothing to guide it in the path towards your health. You just end up driving into a wall, yeah. essentially. So... Um what do you call it, Gary? We so this this whole thing, this ten percent thing's a, a way to distract people away from what's really going on with like real progress from happening. The political terminology is gaslighting. Gaslighting. So um, we've talked a little bit about it before, but like, what you you had some updates for us in our last eboard meeting, and um, I don't know, like, there's new sponsors on these bills and whatnot. Like, there, we have some new sponsors change. on our bills. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the, the employee protection bill, which has already been filed, which will prevent you from losing your job if you have a medical card, which is like is, is vitally important. <clears throat> now has has some new sponsors, uh, a representative Carlos Guillermo Smith um, and Escamani and uh, 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 Mike Greco over in, in West Palm is also signed on to that. And we're expecting a lot more people to sign on. But we would like you, of course, to contact your legislators and tell them there's a bill out there that's being rep- that's being sponsored by Representative Nicholas X. Duran of South Florida. That is the Employee Protection Act. And we could use the more sponsorship, more support to move it forward. And that, and I think that with the people out there who are, who are interested, this is something you can do to make a change in your own society. My own daughter had, it was in a car accident at work. She was sitting in a stoplight and somebody hit her. And they asked her to go ahead and take a drug test. And she said, well, you realize I have a medical card. She said, well, in that case, we want you to cut it up in front of us right now. Never (laughs) use it again. Never (laughs) use cannabis. She said, but I have a a joint issue where I have a lot of pain. And so I use it on weekends. I never use it during the week. I never use it when I'm on call or on duty. And but this helps me manage my pain throughout the week by using it over the weekend. And they said, well, we're sorry, but that's just not going to be the case anymore. You will be subject to random drug testing at any time during the week. And you must be aware of that. So to give us your card and we'll cut it up right now. Jesus. And that is not an unusual situation. It huh. is not an unusual situation because it is a right of employers here in the state of Florida in, in a right to work state to have a drug free policy. Now, that does not mean that the person you're sitting next to at the desk next to you is not using opioids for their back problem right now. But they're not going to get tested for it and they're not going to ask about it either. Hmm. But that is that is the world in which we live, and we need to change that. So, by all means, we are going to go ahead and post all the bills that we have that we're putting up for uh, discussion for this session this week on our website on sun on suncoastnormal.org. Mm-hmm. And we would like you to go ahead and send these to your representative. Go on on the, on the site uh, over uh, myfloridahouse.com.gov rather or floridasenate.gov, and we'll give you those addresses as well. Find your senator, find your representative, and say we could use your sponsorship on these bills to move forward. We have a number of good bills. The One of them, as you mentioned, is the Employee Protection Bill. That's already been filed. The other four need sponsorship. They need someone to file them right now. One of them that, that I'm looking at right now is the uh, – Qualifying Conditions Expansions Act. Because right now, we only have eight conditions in the state of Florida which are legally allowed to be used as a certification for your medical card. And there's two other, what I call grab bag type of conditions, one of which is a chronic non-malignant pain uh, of, an, of an origin similar to the other medication, other uh, diagnoses, or a similar or light condition. 
And then, of course, that means that the doctor has to be very subjective as to how he puts it out. And the Board of Medicine, which is an appointed board here in the state of Florida, are criticizing doctors as to how they are actually certifying there by how they have to use their mental gymnastics in order to fit your particular diagnosis to this grab bag and say, well, yeah, you've got anxiety, but anxiety is not one of the qualifying conditions. So we're going to say you have PTSD or you have hepatitis C, which is not on the list. So we're going to say that we're going to check off the HIV box, even though you don't have it, because there are, there are symptoms similar in, a, in hepatitis C that are similar to those people who have HIV. And that is really an, a disservice to a lot of people. So I came up with this bill called the uh, Qualifying Conditions Expansion Act, which has a long list of conditions that uh, other states have used as qualifying conditions that we have not as yet done. Now, we have cancer, epilepsy, glaucoma, HIV, AIDS, post-traumatic stress disorder, ALS, and Crohn's, Parkinson's, and, and MS. What we don't have is things like hepatitis C, Tourette syndrome. I know a lot of people who use it for Tourette's very successfully. Ulcerative colitis, that's kind of like Crohn's, only in a different spot in your, in your gut. Severe osteo and rheumatoid arthritis, fibromyalgia, uh, Alzheimer's disease, uh, anorexia, asthma, attention deficit disorder, bipolar disorder, bulimia, dystonia, emphysema, dysplasia, and, and it goes on and on, including things like autism, which a lot of people have been asking us to put on the list. It, I don't even know why it's not on the list. And of course, general anxiety, which for some people is a crippling uh, disorder, which prevents them from sometimes even getting out. A restless leg syndrome is in there as well, and traumatic brain injury. And for, those, and for the athletes out there, of course, post-concussive uh, syndrome, where if you have people who have been hit they had a few too many times in the noggin tend to get really sick later on in life. That's why we're losing so many good WWF wrestlers, among other things, as well as, as football players. And uh, they, if you guys want to go ahead and move this thing forward, we will sit, put a copy of this on there, and you can go ahead and contact your representative, contact your senator, and say this is one of the things we need to go to, uh, to sponsor because we need to move this program forward and not backward. The THC thing would be a step backward, and they're doing it uh, almost dangling it in front of us like a like a uh, corrupted carrot, as it were. <laughs> and we, so we're, we're we're trying to fix those things. Now, okay. another bill I have is the tourist reciprocity bill. Uh, somebody posted the other day. I just got into Orlando. How quickly can I get my medical card so I can go ahead and, and purchase some stuff over here in Florida? The answer is go home. <laughs> if you're looking for it here, you're not going to find it here. You're better off going back home if you have a medical card, grabbing it here. And uh, we're not going to tell you to take it across state lines, but people do it every single day. And there are people who don't go on vacation because they have health issues. And they, if they can't stay with their medicine, then uh, they might not come to Florida. And we are already having a, a tourist hit in Florida. And I can tell you for a fact, on a personal note, uh, my mom had breast cancer and it was working very well for her. She had uh, some some uh, lesions that had gone from a centimeter down to a quarter of a centimeter. She was beating it. She went to visit my sister in Illinois and she had an ulcer at the time, a bleeding ulcer. They went and put her in the hospital, took her medicine. They threw it away. He said, you can't use it here. That's Michigan medicine. You're here in Illinois. You don't have an Illinois card. And so therefore we have to throw it away. In that hospital, she metastasized and she passed away in two weeks. Jeez. So that is the, that is the kind of situation you have when you don't have reciprocity. And when people should be allowed to have their medical card and use it here in the state of Florida, almost every other state that has a, a program, and, and I, could, I can name off a whole bunch of them, including Nevada, Colorado, California. If you have a medical card for another state, it's honored there, but not here in the state of Florida. So this is what I propose to make it uh, palatable for the legislators over here in Florida. And that is that if you have a medical card from another state, you apply for a one-time reciprocity fee of $10 to get a chance to get a ticket to go to one of our MMTCs, purchase enough for your stay while you're here so you don't take anything back home across state lines, and then you'll be able to have take your medicine here in the state of Florida. And that, with the amount of tourists we have, which is like almost 120 million a year that come here to the state of Florida, would get would gain about $70 million in revenue here for the state of Florida, just from our tourists who, who are allowed to spend $10 extra to go ahead and come to one of our MMTCs. So we would be taking care of our tourists, we'd be making ourselves... Uh, a warm and friendly place to come on vacation, and we would be taking care of our uh, everybody here who comes by. So that's the Tourist Reciprocity Act, and I hope that that will move forward as well. Gary, can I just ask a, a quick question? Yeah. 
Florida has to be like one of the largest tourist states in the country, right? True. It's not the largest. Yeah, next to California. Next to California, right? Okay. How is it that we do not allow allow people who are tourists to come? Like, how is that not already like a like a thing? Like, we one I obviously patient first. Like thinking about the patient, like from a medical standpoint, you would think that you know if somebody comes to our state and they are here visiting and they have a medical condition, but they want to enjoy our state, then we should allow them the ability to medicate however they decide to choose if they can take opioids into the state, use them all they want to, and then leave, then they can't get this uh, medical marijuana um, opportunity. Patient first, because like somebody passing away because of that, that's like, dude, like we should be charging the state for that. Like what type of shit is that? Like, and then on top of that, if we look at it from an economic, like if we separately look at the, the medical standpoint and the economics, we are turning people away. People will, if they're decided between California and Florida and they know that piece of information, they're probably going to go to California. So now we're losing tourist money. We're losing opportunity to like build up our economy. And if more people are in the state buying from MMTCs, that's more money flowing into the state, into the economy, because people are spending money. Not only are they here spending money as a tourist, but they're also buying weed. Why would we not like this? This can't be that hard of a bill to pass. Right. Like we should be able to get the support. We need. I would think we should be able to get the support we need. Obviously, we need people on this call, um, people who are a part of normal or who are not a part of normal to reach out to their representatives and and, and back this. But like this can't be that hard, like to look at from the medical standpoint, the economics, like cooler heads should prevail here. Right. Well, we have a legislator here which is highly conservative. It has been for many years. There's still 66 percent GOP over in, in the legislature here, which shows you basically where we stand for. We, we are purple, but we're very reddish purple as when it comes to our legislature. And our, our, our first uh, our biggest employer here in the state of Florida is, of course, the state. And the second biggest employer is Disney. Disney uh, is known for having a ban on cannabis uh, on, in the Disney parks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a friend who, who was working actually um, in one of the MMTCs who, who were building it up, and he actually had some residue on his gym shoes, and they have dogs walking around the parks, and it pinged on his shoe, not necessarily in, in a bad way. Well, it is a bad way. It pinged on his shoe, and, and of course, they, 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 the dog came over, sat down next to him, and so the cops came over, and they wanted to drag him out of the park and have him arrested. They also arrested a 67-year-old grandmother who had a, who had a bottle of CBD on, on her at the at the front gate, and they arrested her. And I don't think there's away. any way a drug dog peeing on you can be like a good situation. <laughs> <laughs> but that that but and Disney has a lot of a lot of clout in legislature as well because of the fact that they're our our second largest employer next to the state itself i think there's a another thing about it is that you know uh, medical marijuana really isn't taxed in our in florida you know because it's because it's a medicine it's uh, and it's in our constitution as a medicine it's also in our constitution that we don't tax medicine absolutely so so i i think on the service on, on the surface of everything um you know it, it's hard to tell all the things that you uh put out there dj um, because on the surface, they say, oh, we can't make any extra tax money off of it. So fuck it. We're not going to do it. Um, but you're right. This people are going to Cali instead of Florida. And people, now you're Colorado, too. Yeah. Or Colorado. Butts off. Right. People, <laughs> we are missing out on money for not having this. And I think a good incentive that Gary has put forward forward in this bill is to uh you know to pay that small fee in order to in order to be able to afford it and i think that's a that's a way to get the mmtcs behind it actually i think truly would um realize that they would make a lot more money if yeah, Kim, are you listening to this this is what we're saying this is for you guys because i i went to uh i went to truly leave on my my parents just got a lovely condo on clearwater beach Isn't and nice? i was i was over there visiting them and i realized that there was a dispensary nearby so I, it was a truly i went to it and uh just bullshitting with the bud tender right 
um, he tells me that that tree leaf doesn't do a lot of business. And I'm like, oh, why? And he's like, well, I mean, we're in the middle of Clearwater Beach. There's nothing but tourists here, right? We we put this dispensary here looking forward towards legalization to have like this spot secure, right? Um, so um, I think the dispensaries are already thinking about um, satisfying tourists. I think that's that's a big idea for them. I Many think. of them are. We have licenses right now that are sitting dormant because they are waiting for an adult use market to come around. Yeah. I mean, we have a medical market, which is probably larger than almost any other medical market in the entire state. We have over 457,000 patients in the medical registry here in the state of Florida, which is bigger than Oregon, Colorado, Washington state combined. Uh, as far as their medical markets con are concerned. So we have a lot of, uh, we have a huge base in, in our medical market here in the state of Florida. And we don't really need to have the uh, adult use to, to make people uh, money, but we have licenses who are sitting there basically waiting for the uh, recreational market to come around. I hate using the word recreational market because he also uses the same word recreational for opioid use and heroin use and that kind no, of thing. I, like, yeah, I prefer to use adult use, but it's kind of hard to get trip over yourself. Let's 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 use adult use, Gary. Definitely. I, not to switch up all the terminology. I, I switch, switched up legacy market already today. There you <laughs> go. Yeah, actually, the, the, the uh, recreational thing came up in California. They didn't think much about it when they when they started using the word, but they didn't realize that people were actually using that to try to prevent an adult use market in the, in California for many many years. Because they're saying we don't want people to use it recreationally. You know, we prefer people to be drinking recreationally as opposed to using weed recreationally. Although I don't know of any uh, recreational way of using alcohol except for drinking games. To be honest with you. I mean, if, you, if you're playing soccer, you're not saying, hey, I've got to get a drink before I play soccer, right? Right. <laughs> I'm paying attention to the chat, Gary. Uh, what's the name of the bill uh, that, that we were just speaking of? People are asking. They want to make sure that they the can. The Tourist Reciprocity Act. Tourist Reciprocity Act. Uh, Carlos, can you put that somewhere so that people can see it? Uh, there's like four people who've asked about. Uh, right. We're, we're going to post this on uh, suncoastnormal.org. Uh, we have a note section, don't we, on our page? Uh, a file section? Yeah, we do. We do. Um, we have like a legislation section that can open up there. There you but go. I, I can probably, and we'll post those things for you so you can go ahead and send them to your, your legislator. And I am going to put the link to that. Now, on when you do contact chat. your legislator, here's, here's an important thing. If you go to your legislator's page, they have one of those contact forms that I've always hated. <laughs> because they don't give you a chance to actually go through the actual email process. It's just a, a form which goes into a, to a bin and they get all these letters out there. But if you go to uh, the, 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 your legislator's name and in the Senate, you know, they always go with the last name, then a dot, and then the first name of your legislator. So say, for instance, if you are, were any, under uh, Daryl Roussan's uh, area over in Pinellas County, you'd be, you'd be writing roussan.daryl at floridasenate.gov. And that, that email would actually get to him faster than if you use the contact form that's currently on the site. And with the house, it's flipped. You'll, you'll go ahead and use the first name, dot, last name, and then myfloridahouse.gov. And we'll show you again on the, on the website as to how to do that so that your, your email gets to them faster. Great. And, and that's, that's an important thing. And we, we hope to move things forward. Now, another bill uh, is the um, Medical Marijuana Patient Protection Act, which is important because... There are people who, well, if they go into the hospital here in the state of Florida, even if they have a medical card, where the hospital will take away their medicine and say, you can't use that here because we have we get money from Medicare and we're afraid of losing our funding, yada, yada, yada. It doesn't actually happen, but they, that's what they're concerned about. And what this does is basically states that because the state of Florida has a medical uh, cannabis program, if you have a medical card, your medicine is not illicit, essentially. And that means that they can't take your, away your medicine. They can actually allow you to use it. If you're an ALF, I knew a lady who uh, was using it for her Parkinson's. She had to go into a home because her, 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 husband, her husband, her son, couldn't take care of her anymore. And he, they, they took the medicine away. And even though she was doing very well at home uh, with, with, the, uh, with cannabis, uh, managing her Parkinson's, within a week, she didn't even recognize her son anymore. And within about a month, she passed away. Oh. Even though they, they, were, she, they were getting stellar care. At the ALF, the problem is they weren't giving her the medicine that actually worked for her Parkinson's. Jeez, Gary, you just got a bunch of sad stories today. It's true. It happened at, at, at an Advent Health uh, um, I'm, facility. I'm, I wrote about it in a Huffington Post article that I wrote. 
And the, the Advent administration actually came after me for that, saying, you don't understand our religious approach to medicine, and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, I do. I'm just trying to make your patient load a little easier by making sure they have the medicine they need. So that was my basic thing to them. And also, here in, in this country, they can take you off a transplant list if you have a medical card from your state. This allows you to not, for that to not happen. If, you, if you're waiting for a liver, they were concerned that being on cannabis would reduce your survivability rate. And we have multiple studies which show the fact that if you're using cannabis, you actually, it, it does not affect your survivability rate at all. And in fact, it makes it easier for you to get to that, to that transplant operation to, to survive that, that, that place until you get that transplant. Mm. Because you're, you have a, so therefore there is a, almost a greater survivability rate for those people who use cannabis to maintain themselves until they get that transplant. So this is the Medical Marijuana Patient Protection Act, and that is also in need of, of signatures right now. I feel like if we can get that passed, there will be a lot more people who will be open to getting their medical marijuana card because all of these stories, as sad as they are, and Carlos is right, like they're true tearjerker stories. Like it, it really shouldn't be like this. Um, me out, man. Yeah, no, nah, seriously. It's, it's, but at the same time, it's very real. Like, yeah, we need to know these things and realize the effects that these bills are having on day to day people and patients as gruesome as those results might be sometimes we need to know that information and able to enact change like we need to see how terrible this is because like if i heard if i heard everything gary just said and i was considering getting my medical marijuana card i may not get it if i had these other conditions if i was concerned about getting a transplant if i was concerned about you know if i'm you know going into some sort of uh assistant care facility i don't i don't i'm not gonna want my name on a registry so i can have uh you know service and and help blocked just because i have this card that i'm using i would again go right back to the legacy and not even put my name in the hat in the registry for people to know about it so i think with us being able to get this bill passed I, and i'm speaking it into existence we will be able to get it passed um it's, it's going to open up the doors for a lot more people to be willing and open to, you know, actually go get their medical marijuana card, put their name in the registry and not necessarily have those fears about it. Because a lot of people that I know, even some young people, they, they won't get their medical marijuana card because they're concerned about their job testing them. And it's not even necessarily that their job tests them regularly. They're just they're concerned about if somebody can see that they use medical marijuana, they'll get in trouble at work. Or to your point, older people who might need some sort of transplant, liver or kidney or something, and being turned down or being removed from the list just because they have a medical marijuana card. Like I would probably, if I knew that, I would take my name off the list and cut up the card and be like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Let me get that kidney. Like, yeah. <laughs> And there's a lot of folks who need liver transplants, kidney transplants that are in their 20s and 30s. Uh, uh, Chris had a friend, remember, who, uh, who who needed a liver desperately and uh, almost died waiting for it, and had to you know get rid of his medical card and all that, or not, not let, let anybody know about it. It's just like I'm I'm sitting here thinking about like you hear all these sad stories and like it's like contra contradictory to what medicine really is. Like it's like no, you're not doing things the way I want you to do, so I'm going to deny you proper care. And like, patient first, like we are, are yeah. we really focused on the medicine then at this point, or is there something else that we're paying attention to? Because if we're really focusing on the medicine, like if that was truly the basis of what we were looking at, we wouldn't yeah. be going through a lot of these issues. Now, the the last bill I have here actually it, it hits a number of yeah, issues that are very a lot important. of bills. Gary, is this one have a sad story? This is, no, this is the last one, and actually. Hopefully this will, well, it's always a sad story you're trying to fix. I mean, if you're having a good time, there's no reason to fix it, right? If it ain't broken, don't fix it. But we have a number of issues here in the state of Florida that we have not addressed. Uh, last year, there was a number of people who said that they were not interested in, in uh, signing the petition for a petition or a ballot initiative because it didn't include home grow. And they're saying that for many people, home grow is a necessity because of the fact it gives them greater access to the medicine at a, at a lower at a lower price. And also certain people like, for instance, our good friend Joe Redner 
uh, who juices the whole plant. And this is how he got off uh, uh, all, all the medicines that he was on for his stage four cancer and went into full remission because he was juicing the entire plant and taking access to the THCA, which is the acid form or the non-psychotic form uh, in, the, uh, in, the, in the plant that made him able to survive the cancer. And he's 80 years old now. He's, he was diagnosed, what, 15 years ago. Yeah. And so that, that's a miracle. So we need to have something that, that would bring show. home growth in a way that it would allow our legislators to make it palatable for them. Because a lot of them are saying, no, no, no. If we have home grow like all other states do, where in Michigan you can grow six plants if you want to as yourself or as a caregiver or whatever else, then there's going to be what is called diversion. And we're going to have what is called a gray market where illegal plant is being given out to folks who normally would not be able to get it themselves either because they're underage and things of that sort. I, I guarantee you that if you're growing your medicine in your house, you're not going to be passing it out to the kids at Halloween. You're going to keep keeping it to yourself because it's your medicine and you need it. And people don't not pick up, do not pick up prescriptions at the, at the, uh, at, at the drugstore and say, Hey kids, do you want some of these? I, I have a couple extra, you know, whatever I, I might, I may or may not need them. So go ahead and take them. Like, so normally I sell this safe for 50 bucks, a pop, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just going to hand it out to you kids for free. But <laughs> one thing I, I thought about when it came to the home grow bill is that we have another issue in the state of Florida. And that is so many other States with, the cannabis industry have what is called social equity programs. What that basically means is that those sections of our population who have been inadvertently uh, uh, affected on the, by the war on drugs, people who are more likely to have been arrested for just having a roach in their pocket and spend 20 years in jail, that kind of situation. Those people are having a hard time actually getting into the market now that they're out. If they have, if they have a felony on their record or something to that effect, they can't get into this market. And here in the state of Florida, of course, you have to be a millionaire to get one of these huge vertically integrated MMTCs. So how do they get into the market? So I created what is called the Patient Designated Cultivation Center Bill. And that basically creates a new license for a person to be able to have a co-op, which is basically a, uh, a container, you know, like, like a, a freight container that has hydroponics and lights and, and HVAC and things of that sort that would allow you to grow it, have an indoor grow under expert tutelage. And as a co-op, if you want to home grow, if you home grow in that container under the expert tutelage of people who own that co-op, they can grow a quality product, which is free of pesticides and is being grown in a way that you will have quality medicine. Because if you just throw seeds in the ground here in the state of Florida, you're going to have a nasty old moldy thing that's kind of scraggly. And you're not going to get exactly what you want. I mean, I tried growing cannabis in a closet when I was in college. We put foil on the outs on the on the closet. We put a grow light on the top, and we grew the crappiest mids you ever saw in your life. I, I don't even think that it even had. I think the catnip that we smoked at one time when we were out of stuff actually had more potency to it than the stuff that we grew in the closet. But uh, this would actually allow people who, who have been adversely affected by the war on drugs to be able to own these co-ops and share their knowledge of cultivation with people who could grow, home grow in these containers. And that would help out with creating, again, a social equity program in the state of Florida where we don't have one and also solve the home grow issue. It's a long bill. <laughs> it got to be pretty, pretty lengthy, but uh, it does the job. I, I sent it to you last night, DJ. What do you think? Yeah, so um, it, it's a long bill, Gary. It's too light. <laughs> it's just long, Gary. I'm still, I'm still getting through it. If I'm being totally honest, but what I will say, um, and and maybe next week I can come on and we can deep dive on it. Um, but what I will say, as far as social equity in the state of Florida, there are your cities and states uh, across the country who have varying programs. Um, and you know, no program is like perfect, obviously, but it is so important for us in this state to recognize how the war on drugs has affected generations of people and ensure that those people have the opportunity to leave the legacy market and come into the legal market and be able to create a quality of life for themselves doing what they were already doing and what they probably got in trouble for doing. Uh, in the past, but it's, it's now legal. Um, so I, I think it's incredibly important to create access for black and brown people, um, specifically black and brown people. Um, 
in, in because obviously, like you said, in the state of Florida, really all across the country, if you want to have a vertically integrated company, you need millions of dollars. Not a whole lot of like black and brown people with millions of dollars. Then obviously there's restrictions if you have a felony and what you can do in the cannabis, in the legal cannabis industry. And there are lots of people who they may get their records expunged at some point in time, but in the state of Florida currently, no, they still have a record. I, I have a possession charge on my record for that same little roast that you were talking about. Like it really wasn't enough for even like to really even smoke any more of it. And I, I got a possession charge from it. So I, I think that uh, for, for black and brown people, for people who have been affected by the war on drugs, um, obviously there should be opportunity for all people, but to make sure that we allow and don't create barriers of entry for black and brown people um, as we get started, as we, you know, we started in the state of Florida, but as we move further along with our medical program, as we get closer to adult use uh, legalization, I think it's it's going to be incredibly important for those people who've been most affected to have the opportunity to reclaim something back because there's been so much that has been taken, taken from people. Like I have family members who have possession charges that have been in the system, in jail, out of jail, my entire life, just for the same cannabis that people are getting filthy freaking rich from now. Like yes. people are getting pizzade off of weed. <laughs> and there's been generations of people who have been incarcerated for this same weed. And I think it's, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be really uh, an awesome thing to see some social equity programs in the state of Florida specifically. I'm obviously a Floridian. Um, born and raised here, did move away a little bit after college because I wanted to change the scenery, but at my heart of hearts, I'm a Floridian. So I would love to see that. Um, and I commend you for even taking the time to think about that and, and look to put that into a bill because it is something that's needed. Well, the state of Florida, I, I think they, they made a half-hearted attempt at the very beginning to try to do something along those lines. All they did was they said that during the, that during the first round of licenses, one license was going to go to minorities, and in particular, to members of the uh, Black Agricultural Society here in the state of Florida, who were part of the Pigford uh, lawsuit, which basically was black farmers were not getting access to medical, uh, to government funds like they were supposed to have back in the day. Actually, sued the government, and they uh, and they and they got some funds. And they're saying anybody who was in, in that particular legal class or a member of the uh, the Black Farmers and Agricultural Society, which is a closed group, you cannot join at this point in time, would be have access to that one license. Well, giving one minority license out, give, allowing one minority to have one license, one chance of becoming a millionaire, that is not social equity. That is tokenism. That is Plain and simple. Gary, that is ass. Like one license in the whole state. And, and they haven't so, given it out yet. Yeah. It's been four years now and they still have not given it out yet. The first the first minority owned dispensary in in Florida was not awarded. It was bought. It was cookies. Yeah. Yeah. Who has not yet had to open up their first dispensary yet. They're still fighting over some land in South in, in yeah. South Beach. For some reason, yeah. they want to be in South Beach, but we just had a guy who came out, came over here with a cookie shirt over here at, at Chill. And I said, "Oh, there yeah." You know. And and Burner, he's got himself some cash. He does, and, and he has some. He has a lot of support, you know, yeah. behind him. Cash, like he has friends in in high places, or at least with thick pockets, uh, yes. who can you know support him in what he's doing. Um, so obviously, you know that that is an advantage. And a lot of minorities do not have that advantage. Like a, a ton of my, most minorities do not have that advantage. And so with the amount of minorities that we have in the state, one license is, that's just, that's just not going to cut it, man. And we had like, to, to your point, we haven't even given out the license yet. So how is this socially equitable if we, we haven't even given out the license yet? Like, come on. In part, it's because they claim that there's a lawsuit out there. The gentleman who who was uh, of an indigenous folks, I think he was a Seminole, actually had sued because it, uh, they did not offer 
him a, a license. Although, to be honest, if he lives on sovereign land, he can actually do it himself within the sovereign in space. But the fact is they're using that lawsuit as a way of holding off, giving out even that one license, which hasn't been done yet. And so what we have is a pretty much whitewashed industry of a bunch of millionaires who who never really got affected by the war on drugs. And yet they are making a ton of money, like you said, over that. Plus, already had a ton of money and now just they're just making more money on more money. Like, well, yeah, you had to have a five million dollar bond in order to verify the fact that you, you can't even get a license in the first place for this for, for this uh, vertical market. Now, so perhaps the state should not be picking winners and losers. And I like wholeheartedly agree with that. Like, let the people decide where they would like to purchase their products from. Like the, the state should not be the ones who decide. Honestly, I feel like a lot of people at the state level really aren't close enough and don't have enough experience with cannabis, medical or otherwise, decisions like they they don't know they're not that close they don't have a freaking clue sometimes and but they they have the power to wield and make all these decisions and that just should not be the case at all and, and that is all the bills actually but they will be on our site so you can take a look at them and by all means go to your representative go to your senator and say these bills need to be sponsored this week so that they can be filed and we can start ha- opening up that conversation and start moving these things forward Somebody else asked in the chat when the session is. What happened? When is the session? I know we're trying to get people. Session starts uh, beginning of March. Beginning of March. And it goes on for 60 days. That's beginning of March. We do not have a lot of time uh, to go get the support that we need. Uh, So definitely reach out this week to Gary's point, like asapidly to your to your representatives and let them know about these bills. And Gary, you hit the all the bills at the hour mark. Isn't that lovely? Yeah. You like timed it out perfectly. Yeah, I have this internal clock. <laughs> it usually runs late, but whatever. So so uh <laughs> DJ, we're we're coming to the end of the show here. Um we're this is the point of the show where we let everybody know how to get a hold of us. We've been like blasting it at the bottom of the screen quite a bit. But you can find us at suncoastnormal.org for yes. all of your legalization needs. And that's <laughs> N-O-R-M-L, the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. Right? You can find us at Suncoast Normal and for all your social media needs. Um, join the cannabis movement also on that website, suncoastnormal.org, but slash membership. What do you get with a membership, Bob? Oh, my goodness. You get a whole membership package. We had this whole situation where... Uh, somebody came to the store here to get their membership package. And I had not properly informed the staff on what that membership package was. So let's go ahead and let's go ahead and inform the listeners. You get a Suncoast normal mask. Where's your mask here? There we go. You get a mask, you get a pin, you get a gold leaf pin. Where's the pin? Oh, it's right here. You get a membership card where you can write your name on it so everybody knows well i've I've got a few in the back now um you can write your name on it so everybody knows that you influence change in cannabis reform and um i think that's it i think you get discounts at chillum oh really yeah you get 25 off. i'm gonna buy some stuff before i leave you're gonna buy some stuff here not really i don't have any money Oh, really? Well, you, you need money, Gary. No more freebies. We need money. We are a membership-driven organization. And the, and the more you become a member, the more we have a chance of actually making a change. I mean, there is actually a thing called the, the Marijuana Policy Project. It's a group that uh, tries to change the laws across the country. And they have a group that tries to push bills across the country. And do you know what the minimum membership cost is? To get wow, into, much is into, that? Into the... Uh, United States Cannabis Coalition, which is part of the Marijuana Policy Project, $10,000. $10,000. Holy crap. I don't know what you get for that, but you get a, you get a voice in, town, in, in, in D.C. to help create uh, the laws and across the, you, the country. But I be honest with you, I don't think many of our listeners have $10,000 on him. You know how much money it costs to join National Normal? No. Why don't you tell me? It's 30 bucks. 30 bucks. You know how much it costs to join Suncoast Normal? 
No. 25 bucks. 25 bucks, less than an eighth of brick weight. And you get all that cool <laughs> stuff that we were just talking about. <laughs> from, from, from the illicit uh, legacy market. <laughs> so, hey, no, you, there's, there's no discounts at the illicit market, is there? There, no, no. no. You you get shot for getting a discount in the illicit market. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's it's called the grab the eighth and run discount, and it doesn't always work. No, no, you will you will get shot. <laughs> you also so, in the eighth of brick brick weed in. Yeah. 55. Yeah. Like, whoever sold you that should be shot. What the hell are we doing? Now, I, I do have to make one thing that's been bugging the heck out of me. We have a, a product that comes out of all of our NMTCs called pre-ground flour. Okay. First off, I don't like the word because anything in my mind, it's pre-ground is still a bud. It just makes more sense because it hasn't been ground yet. And so therefore it's pre-ground. So therefore, if you ask them for pre-ground bud, dem demand that they, they be in bud form and not looking at, at like possible shake powder but they they sell that at like a discount that's like that's 25 dollars for uh a, a seven grams at a couple of them so if you're broke i mean i guess that's kind of nice but that sucks that like that's a that's an affordable product at our high class dispensaries absolutely so if and, you and, and don't smoke uh, kit, um, catnip it doesn't work and, oh it works <laughs> <laughs> you just didn't smoke enough um. <laughs> no, I did, but I, I had a sudden affinity for scratching furniture. Yeah, I was looking cat dip on air. We got to wrap this. And, uh, and, uh, and your himbe bark, too, actually. So, so, seriously, don't smoke cat dip. Uh, anyways, <laughs> if you enjoyed the show, you can download the rotation on SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Music, and iTunes. You can always watch us live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. You can get those masks if you want to get the mask, but you don't want to do the task of getting a normal membership. You can get them on our website as well. And if you bump into Sheriff Grady Judd in Polk County, tell him Carlos sent him because he has a certain ire about Carlos for, yeah, for he, pushing Delta Eight. He don't. He he's never liked me or this organization. To be honest with you, as a matter of fact, there's a good chance that he's listening to the show. So. <laughs> Yeah, he's listened to our shows before. Yeah, he has. And Grady, it's nice having you here. Yeah, we appreciate you, we Grady. Appreciate you, I, you're, you're, yeah, I appreciate you safe. commenting on that uh, on that uh, post. Uh, you know that that article. Um, yeah, it, it helped me um, make more sales this weekend. And he was wearing his Suncoast normal mask throughout the entire interview, which I think was so cool. You liked it? You liked it? I did. I did up to the point where Grady started talking. I liked that article. Well, I, I, <laughs> I appreciate that. Fox 13 really, you know, tried to make Delta 8 look weird, but they did a, a good job of not doing that. Well, for most of us, this was church, but otherwise, other us have to go to church. So I think we have to call it a night. Okay. So we're, we're done. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you. Peace. Thank y'all. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. This has been The Rotation, and you have been a part of it. You can be a bigger part of it by joining Suncoast Normal. Suncoast Normal is an organization that can help you make the change that we all need. Go to the Suncoast Normal website and become a member, because that is how you become part of of the change you can find the rotation podcast on both soundcloud and itunes but you can always join us in the rotation at suncoastnormal.org at that very website you can join the cannabis movement by becoming a member of suncoast normal gain access to cannabis events cannabis info normal's legal network and even a free membership to national all by joining suncoast normal that website again is suncoast norml.org you can also find us on social media at suncoast normal uh, find us on both facebook twitter instagram and youtube and thank you gary and good night good night